It is Thursday, July 20th, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan along for the ride as well. That is not Trevor Plouffe. That is an active major leaguer from your Kansas City Royals. Vinny Pasquantino is back with us. You didn't kick the skipper out of his office, did you? No, no. I This is live from Kauffman Stadium, though. So I'm in our media director's office, Sam Mellinger. He used to be the number one reporter here, sports writer in Kansas City, and now he's in the clubhouse as our media director. So, um, yeah, I'm in his office. There's a bunch of cool memorabilia in here, and the Chief Stadium's right there, too. So you're not going to get in trouble for doing this, right? Like, I don't want to. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I would. Uh, I'm not really involved in today's game plan, so I don't think there is a way that I could get in trouble, but uh, I guess we can find out. I like it. We're pushing the edge, the envelope a little <laughs> bit here at baseball today. This is what we do at John Boy. Yeah, I was yes. either going to do it from my house or from here. So uh, either way, I was coming on. So we're all right. Okay. First of all, you don't look super comfortable. You look hunched over. Do you want to repeat yourself? Are you okay? I'm in like a just this kind of not a weird chair, but it's good enough. It's doing the job. Maybe I should sit up a little bit, sit up a little bit more. Yeah, I don't shoulders want like back. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, like that shoulder more rusty than it already. Just finished is. rehab, right, so I'm a little uh, bit sweaty. Haven't showered since I worked out, so got this uh, right. got this sports drink here. That's going to be good. Okay, I haven't showered either. I, well, it's a little rough today. A little rough, <laughs> early going. That's all right. We'll be fine. Um, before we get going with our five questions, tip of the cap to the Texas Rangers who took care of the Tampa Bay Rays. But really, the big story was reliever Alex Spees of the Rangers, 2016 second round pick. Had a lot going on, uh, stepped away from the sport because of some mental health issues, had the birth of his daughter, went through the pandemic season, but eventually worked. At, he was like coaching kids in South Carolina, I think. Eventually made his major league debut yesterday, um, inning and two thirds in a tight game. First three guys that he got out were all all stars. Yandy Diaz, Wander Franco, Randy Rosarena, all on strikeouts. So tip of the cap to him. I love stories like that, Vinny. I've got a soft spot in my heart for dudes who who have to really persevere to get to this level. Yeah, incredible story for sure. And to be able to, like you said, strike out three All-Stars as your first three hitters, that, that makes it even better. So congrats to him because that is an incredible story. It's been a long time coming for him. Um, obviously, so many things have gone on. And it's really cool that he had that awareness that he needed to step away from the game and was ready to come back when it, when the time was right for him and he made it to the big league. So shout out to him. That's super special. Uh, we will talk more about the Rangers as they welcome in the L.A. Dodgers um, starting for a three-game set tomorrow. But we're going to talk a little bit about the team that the Rangers took care of, Tampa Bay Rays, who for the first time this year actually looking up at somebody in the standings in the American League East by mere percentage points. Uh, they will play host to the Baltimore Orioles, first of a four-game set tonight. Uh, Rays, they've been in first place all season long, but is this actually the O's division to lose? Oof. I, I think it's still the Rays to lose just because, like, it's 162 such a grind, and they started off so hot at some point that's going to come back down. But now they've got, you know, two and a half months to kind of get ready for the postseason. So I do think it's the Rays division to lose i think the baltimore orioles are doing some interesting things right now with the trade they made yesterday uh they're loading up that team and but uh, i think the rays are a pretty well-oiled machine not that the orioles aren't not that the entire al east isn't but i think 
I think that I think it's still Tampa's division to lose just because they've been at the top all year long. I think this is probably what they need a team to get up there to kind of give them a little bit more motivation to, uh, you know, make it theirs. You were talking about the trade they made uh, for an Oakland reliever in Fujinama um, guy who came over here and was literally all over the place. Just couldn't find the strike zone. His numbers aren't great, but over the last month plus he's been really good. And I know Trevor may on the Rose rotation has talked him up a lot did you have a chance to face him this year yeah I faced him twice I walked and I flew out um first time we faced him it was when he was kind of going through those struggles with kind of command so we're gonna talk about a similar style of at bat in a different way but it was one of those where it was a four before three at bat where it's like all right this stuff is incredible so but he can't throw strikes so I'm just gonna go ahead and hope he throws four balls instead of three strikes. And that worked the first time I faced him and I just walked to first base. And then a few days later, he seemed to have ironed some things out in terms of the strike zone. And I flew out to left. So, but the stuff is incredible. I mean, it's a 98 to 102. And then with a splitter that's mid nineties. So, I mean, the stuff is definitely there. It's just a matter as if he can, you know, at least show enough strikes that people are willing to swing. And it's just another high velocity arm they bring out of that bullpen. And they're all monsters. They're all just huge guys. Cano, Batista, and now Fujinama, it's going to be fun. I still think they have to make a trade for a viable starting pitcher, not just an innings eater, but a guy that that you can go with. And their their rotation has been, it's been okay, right? Uh, Bradish has been really good this year. Uh, Wells has been solid. Other than that, they don't have a starter with an ERA under four and a half. Um, so that's the that's the reason I still pick Tampa with their amazing pitching staff and they always have guys just coming out of it's like they, they have them hanging his extra clothes in the closet yeah so like if you if you get a hole in a sweater or something you're like oh i got something else i can wear tonight yeah 100 percent. i mean you're you're right on the nose with baltimore their rotation's good it's not terrifying so that bullpen is terrifying though so if you know if you're down two or three going into the deeper part of the innings like you're kind of screwed <laughs> with uh with that bullpen so you, you kind of know facing them it's like all right we need to get our runs because once we get late in the game you know it's going to be tough and then like you just said with tampa i mean they've just got guys just everywhere so i'd imagine their triple a rotation is filthy as well so then if somebody else goes down for them they're just going to refill them with some other guy who throws a hundred with a nasty slider i'm going to make a prediction i think both teams are going to make a trade for starter at least yeah yeah, do you think one of those starters is currently in Anaheim right now? And he also hits uh, at I a very seen high level. Canning hit. Oh, you're not talking <laughs> about him. Um, no, no, I'm not. You know what? If I had the talking baseball um, trade draft to redo, I would still pick Shohei to go first. I I got caught up a little bit in the Reds tidal wave that they went on before the All Star break, and I was like, oh, let's do it. It sounds fun. But really, like I could see him getting traded to Baltimore or Tampa because of the amazing young talent both those teams have in the minor leagues. And I think that they become the, certainly the American League favorite if they get him. Yeah, it's interesting. What's more important, building for the future or trying to win now? It's a question I always kind of ask myself is like, is selling the farm – for a guy who could put you over the top and give you the best chance to win the World Series now, is that better if in three or four years those young guys are doing it somewhere else, but you won your World Series? Like, I I think that's more important, right? Like, sell the farm if it gets you a better chance to win the World Series, even if you might not retain the guy you traded for. 
think it's an interesting question just because it's like if Otani goes to the Rays or Baltimore, it's like, well, there's your certified number one. That is terrifying. So it's just I'm real curious to see what happens. Well, I think the answer is it's not mutually exclusive, right? Yeah. The Dodgers two years ago traded for Max Scherzer, and I know that the Trey Turner part of that trade was huge because he ended up staying more than just a couple of months. But then the Dodgers still have a top five farm system, right? right? They get rid of all those guys to Washington, but they trust themselves. And I think that Tampa and certainly Baltimore with the way that they have drafted in recent years after major tank job can both say that we can replenish our system. Like that's how we're going to roll. And could you imagine a Tampa playoff staff with Shohei, McClanahan, and Glasnow, and Eflin? Look out. Yeah, and then yeah, it's just that's not a that's not a pitching rotation that you want to see in the playoffs. Uh, I can t- tell you that right now. So in a in a short span, like anything can happen in baseball, obviously, but that's a that's a pitching rotation that puts fear into people. Hey, real quickly before we move on, I know a lot of people are going to dump on Tampa, saying, "Oh, how could you let this happen?" I want to give a ton of credit to the Baltimore Orioles, who haven't gotten swept. It feels like in a decade. I know it did happen because they were you know terrible with hundred lost seasons, but. It's been like well over a year since they've gotten swept and they just kind of hung around and hung around and hung around and kept playing well and kept winning series. And then when, you know, Tampa has the worst record in July in the American League, they've pounced on this. So I want to give the O's a lot of credit. I do want to talk about a really strange at bat that happened last night. It involved Bryce Harper in a 3-3 game against Milwaukee in a game in which the Brewers eventually won. Holby Milner, a left-hander, comes in. Harper looks at six straight pitches and ends up striking out and it looks like he wasn't even prepared for it. Now, there are kind of conflicting reports that he may not have been feeling well. He stayed in the game and got a base hit in the ninth later on, and we didn't hear from him afterwards, certainly nothing that I could find. Can you explain as a major league hitter what may have been going on here? No. No, I can't uh, without knowing without knowing <laughs> what's going on. Like, I just talked about how sometimes there's a four-before-three type of at-bat where you think a guy's not just going to, you know, Either it's that day or it's in the report that he just has a tough time finding the zone. But normally you still at least show the pitcher that you might swing. So I'm really confused. And I I also think it's kind of funny. There was a pitch in there that was a borderline call. Normally when you just shut it down, umpires expand the zone big time. So I was actually – that was kind of surprised that he called that one pitch a ball. But – I and I've faced that guy, or I've at least – I've seen the report on that guy. I don't believe he's a he's a non-strike thrower, so maybe it's just something was going on, or I can guarantee to you he was prepared for the at bat. I'm just confused as to what was going on. I, I doubt it's really a story, but in the three three game in the seventh, uh, that's really strange. Yeah, the Phillies post game show was blasting him, which I don't know if that's fair or not. If there was something going on with him, I would have liked to have heard from Bryce afterward. I'm a huge Bryce Harper guy. I love the energy with which he plays. It just looked you, – you so rarely see a disinterested at bat at this level. Like, we always hear, even in games where it's 11-2, to two, how you never throw an away an at bat. Like, it means something to you and your career and everything else. And in a 3-3 game, I think we're all just kind of myth. Yeah, especially with how the Phillies are not in a playoff spot at the moment, too. Like, that at bat's pretty – Pretty important. Like I, I think I'm just more confused. It's one of the one of the cool things about Philly and some of those markets is they are not afraid to go after people. Uh, doesn't matter who you are. Like they're going to let you know how they feel. 
some people feel a certain way about that, but I personally love it uh, because they're just not scared. Like Aaron Judge getting booed last year when he went 0 for 5 in the playoffs after hitting 60-whatever home runs. Like Philly's the same way. Like they're passionate. They want to win. So when a guy does something that they perceive as lack of effort or just simply not trying, whatever it may be, uh, they're going to let you have it. So, yeah, I'm just as confused as everybody else when it comes to this. I'm sure there was a reason. Um, I, we just don't know what it is. And it's interesting that there was no uh, media after the game uh, to kind yeah. of explain that. Yeah, that's that, kind that of weird because I maybe he was sick and he left right after the game or something and felt like he needed to get out of there. Um, but he, from everything I've seen, he's never been a guy that runs from media no. or anything so it's something no. definitely something happened for sure in, in, in one minute on this topic here um can the phillies repeat as national league champs if harper doesn't up his game now since he's come back from this tommy john he's only hit i think four home runs his ops is in the low 800s last year it was a little bit of a struggle when he came back from his injury but he eventually got it up to almost 880. Does he have to return to that elite status, or can they get by with him just being in the lineup? I think he does need to return to that status because he's the heartbeat of that team. So when you think Philadelphia right now, you think the Phillies, you think Harper. So if he's not doing you know, what he's capable of, it's going to make it tough for the guys around him to uh, to do their thing. I think Reese Hop- Hotskins was a big loss as well that is kind of going under the radar because uh, of all the Harper stuff going on with him coming back from injury. But – I've also, you know, I think it's an interesting question. It's like, is being on the field not being 100% healthy for a guy like that who just came off a major surgery? Like, is that, is it, like, obviously it's good that he's on the field and he's pushing through whatever is going on, but 100% Harper is better than a 60%. Like, who knows what he's at right now because he's never gone through the power uh, deficit that he's going through. So it's interesting to see. Because it's just something I think about all the time is if you are banged up, how banged up is too much to not go on the field? Because at what point are you hurting your team versus helping your team? Good point. Also, uh, 10 seconds. How excited are you to see him play first base in the upcoming days? I'm interested to see what happens because and, and obviously he's athletic enough. He's been around baseball enough. I don't know how much first he's played, but first base isn't just a position you can just throw somebody to. And I've learned that through the minor leagues when they would just throw guys over there. There's a lot more going on than people think. Like pretty much every play, you have to be somewhere. So I'm curious to see. I'm sure he can do it, but uh, I'm just curious to see how it will go. Well, whenever he does take the field again, whatever position it is, hopefully he's thrown on these bad boys. Shady Rays. In fact, today's episode is sponsored by Shady Rays. We want you to take on the sun with gear that is built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays, they have you covered with premium polarized shades at a very affordable price. Shady Rays offers a world-class product, just as good as any expensive pair you've ever worn. They got durable frames, extremely clear optics. By the way, Vinny, you look great. I can see you through these things. Thank you. You look amazing. Thank you. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in the history of eyewear. I want you to listen closely, Vin. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. What does that mean? If you lose a pair, if you break a pair, even on day one of ownership, they will send you a brand new pair. So Vinny calls up and says, I broke my glasses. I broke them. And they're going to say, Vinny, it's okay. We've got your address on file. We'll send you a new pair. But how much is it going to cost me? Nothing. Nothing. You get them. It's backed by lost or broken replacements. Well, don't you want to hear what happened? No. They have no interest, Vinny, in your sad story. They just want to send you a new pair of shades because when you wear Shady Rays with confidence, they bring you back to your purchase and say, here, have another pair. 
And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out the best deal of the season. Head on over to ShadyRays.com. Use that code word today for 50% off two plus pair of polarized sunglasses. That means that Vinny can get a pair for himself and his amazing bride-to-be, Ryan, with two ends. Meantime, I can clearly see that the New York Yankees, sole possession of last place in the American League East after a terrible road trip through Colorado and then Anaheim, they got swept by the Halos. They're now three and a half out of the wild card chase. Booney, help us here. What do you say to your team after this? Yeah, we acknowledge where we are, which is, you know, we're not very good right now. We understand that. Um, and and certainly this is a low point for us. Um, and, you know, the, the silver lining in it all is it is in front of us, and we control that, and we understand that. Now, all this came after their GM, Brian Cashman, said we are we're thinking of retooling. Uh, Aaron Boone used the same words to Jimmy and Jake during his appearance on Talking Yanks. Aaron Judge is going to come back, we think. We don't know exactly when that's going to happen. But when he returns, is that enough to say, yeah, this team is a World Series competitor, or do they need to add something or several things before the deadline? Ooh, well, we're going to see them this weekend. Um, and based off of my Twitter feed, which is a lot of Yankee stuff, just because I grew up a Yankees fan, uh, um, the fans are not happy. <laughs> So I'm going to see that head on this weekend with Royals versus Yankees Twitter. Um, They're not happy. So I would assume based off of that, they need to probably add something at the deadline because it's the Yankees. They're, they're not sellers. We like it's the Yankees. They're also, they're three and a half games out of the wild card. I know you're tired of me talking about the AL East division, but they're only three and a half out of making the playoffs. So I think you get Rodon going a little bit. He's only thrown what three times now you get him going. You've got Cole. Like you've got a you've got a top two guys. Maybe you add a pitcher. Their bullpen's solid. Um, maybe you add some sort of outfielder, probably. But I think left field is the position they need the most. Uh, again, that's based off of my Twitter, uh, what people say. So yeah, I would think that they're definitely going to retool at the deadline, and it'll be interesting to see what happens. Okay, I know you you grew up a Yankee fan. You play for the Kansas City Royals, but what do you tell all these Yankee fans who are in panic mode, saying? The the season's gone to shit. Even if Judge returns, we've got no shot at winning this thing. We should be sellers because you said they shouldn't be. What do you say to those fans who think they should? Well, what do you say to fans, right? They just want to win. So I think if the Yankees go on like a 10-game win streak, everybody will be happier. Um, I, I think baseball fans as a whole understand the game more than ever before with all the with all the data that's out there that people can see publicly. So you can really kind of lock in on like the behind the scenes data more than you ever could before. And I think that they could see that there's deficits deficits with that team specifically and any team really. So I think if I were to talk to those fans, I would just probably tell them to R E L A X as my quarterback would say, <laughs> and, and just relax a little bit because there's still, you know, there's still two months left in the season. Uh, and you know, if they've got Judge coming back, you've got the MVP coming back, and, you know, he helps quite a bit. So at the beginning of the season, this is what I thought. I didn't know exactly how long Carlos Rodon was was going to miss, but I thought that once he came back, that you could make an argument that was going to be the best starting staff in baseball, right? I've always been a big Severino guy. He has not been good this year. Nestor Cortez coming off the season and a half that he has had. 
He's been basically invisible. He's been injured. We know that he's he'll be coming back at some point soon. So I sit there and I think to myself, with the way they're currently playing, if Judge comes back, can this team win a World Series? I don't think so. I really don't. I, I know that he changes the complexion of the sport, and if I were him, I would walk maybe back into Cashman's office right now and say, you know what? That 360 you gave me, that's a little light. Have you seen what we've done? Do you know that since he left the lineup, they have the worst batting average in baseball? Uh, yeah, I did know that. Again, based off of my Twitter, I see it all the time. So, <laughs> uh, but that's what he does. I mean, you have a guy and you're, you pay a guy that much money for that reason, because when he's in the lineup, everything changes because all of a sudden there's one game plan and that's, he's not beating us today. So that allows the other guys to, you know, they're not the targets anymore. The target's all on his back, and he's good enough to handle that. Not everybody is. So for him, he he makes Rizzo better. He makes LeMahieu better. Like, he just makes those guys better from being in the lineup because teams are so focused on him that it's like, oh, my gosh, we just had a seven-pitch at bat with Judge, Either even if he gets out. It's just like we had to work so hard. Oh, here's a pitch. And then the next guy, that's just how it gets rolling. So it's interesting to see how bad they've been without him. But I do think if he's able to come back, you know, he changes the the complexion of that team. Have you talked to him at first base? Uh, once last year. he When we played him, when we played them last year, he hit five home runs, I think. So he wasn't on first all that much. He was just <laughs> he was busy. He was busy just trotting around the bases. Jogging past you? Yeah. Oh, Vinny, that's a rough go. Sorry. Um, we're now less than two weeks away from the trade deadline. Which team do you want to see step on the accelerator, put their GM in a tough position to say, man, I guess I have to add after all? Oof. I think it's got to be one of these AL Central teams. I think uh, somebody's got to do something to get out in front of anybody else, which it's Cleveland or Cleveland or Minnesota right now. I think one of them has to do something to put them over the edge in this division because you win the division, you get a home series, you get the home field advantage for the first series. Anything can happen once you get past that. So I think it's Cleveland or Minnesota. And I'm mostly saying that because I think it's just fun team inside the division. Um, I hope they do something because I know everybody's talking about Cleveland selling off their pitching staff, but uh, which they're a team that also trust, you know, they've probably got 10 guys coming that are just as good. So It'll be interesting to see, but I definitely hope hope somebody in the Central does something. What about – you guys are finishing up a series with Detroit. They're hanging around. I mean, are they part of this equation, or do they just – what do you think? Maybe. Anybody's really a part of it right now, uh, probably except for us. Um, but just, like, objectively speaking. But – yeah, anybody's in it right now in the Central. So I think any team that makes any sort of jump has a shot to win this division. So uh, everybody's kind of beating each other up at the moment. But, it'll you know, they definitely have a chance. Their bullpen's good. They've got a good staff. I mean, Eduardo, Eduardo Rodriguez pitched last night. I think he's one of the underrated pitchers in the league. Um, Lorenzen was an all-star. We're seeing him today. Uh, they're getting some of their younger pitchers back that got hurt. Yep. Like Tariq Skubal, if you guys haven't seen him pitch, that guy is filthy. Like some of the, like that guy's just nasty. I I don't know. They, he's just really good. So they've definitely got the staff to do it. It'll just be interesting to see if if they want to add who they might add to help this team. You know, get over the hump. 
Um, for me, not that AJ Preller needs much convincing, but the Padres were close to winning a series against Philly. They're going to take the series up in Toronto. Uh, I think they continue on. I want to say maybe against the Tigers or something like that. Um, so they're right there. Like even though they're maybe six and a half out of the wild card, Miami hasn't won a game since the All Star break. They've fallen back. Cincinnati has not played well since the break. They've fallen back a little bit. Now they need one of these other teams, either a Philly, Arizona, or the Giants, to kind of step on their own, you know what, and kind of fall back as well. But I think that I think that the Padres, they, there's certainly enough talent there. I mean, we know that. And um, if they get Michael Waka back, who's pitched really well, you know, if they get to within three games of the wild card, I'm feeling fine by the middle of August. So why not try and add something? Yeah, I don't, I don't really see a situation where they're really sellers just because there's too much talent on that team. And like, no offense to everybody fan-wise that's upset with how bad they're playing. Like, you keep those guys around, they're not going to get worse playing with, like, even if they were to not make the playoffs this year, they're still – it's not like it's a bunch of 37-year-olds that are on their last leg. Like, Bogarts is in right. year one of a of a long deal. Soto's going to get a long deal. Tatis is, has the long deal. So it's like Machado just got another long deal. So – I don't understand. It it just feels like short-term thinking whenever you feel like you need to sell off just because the team's not playing great at the moment because it, anybody that is looking at that team says, yeah, that's a really good roster. So for me, I would lean more on the side of them adding if not doing anything as opposed to actually selling people off because to me that just doesn't really make sense. All right, before we get out of here on the podcast and the YouTube side of things, uh, Tommy Canely. Not happy last night. The Yankees reliever gave up a run in his lone inning of work and took it out on a fan. Not, not a Yankees fan or an Angels fan in Anaheim, but the fan that was in the dugout. And so not only threw his glove at it, but then he stomped on it. Which, by the way, if I'm a teammate, I'm pissed because I know how hot that dugout gets in July. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't it get warm down there? I've only been there in April, so it was really oh. nice. <laughs> so I guess that's why you didn't want to answer the question. Okay, yeah. I get it. I get it. Now, I when didn't... that happens, when it when a teammate starts to snap a little bit, do you are you kind of like, come on, dude, take it downstairs, out of camera view, or are you like okay with it? Yeah, I think it, a lot of it just depends. Like, it's good to see guys show emotion to show that they you know care about what's going on. But I, I do think it's better if it goes underneath. Just because, one, you don't want the cameras to pick it up and people to see it. Because then you see it a week later and be like, wow, I look, you know, I look funny right there beating the crap out of a fan because because I was mad. So I think for me, it's preferable to go down underneath. And two, like for me, you don't want the other team to like hear you do it because then it's then you kind of let them know that they've really affected you. So I think there's multiple ways about it for me. I'm not a massive snapper because one, I'm a hitter. So it's a little bit easier to not be because I play every day, but I'm sure as a pitcher, it's a little bit harder because you never know the next time you're going to get back on the mound. Uh, it could be a few days. So I understand that frustration. And with that team right now, they're struggling. So you're, you're just trying to pick your guys up and then you don't, and then you just snap. So I'd prefer it to go down underneath, but sometimes it just happens. Do you ever have a good one though? 
Yeah, I had a good one in Minnesota last year. I broke a chair up underneath. I smacked it around a few times. So I, you know, I had to pay the, I gave the clubby some little cash after that to replace the chair. And then one time this year, I, it was ninth inning. I went down underneath through my batting gloves. And then I threw my Evo shield leg guard right as Nikki Lopez was walking into the cages. So it bounced off something and then a strap of the Evo shield hit him. Like that's why you don't want to freak out is in case you accidentally like affect a teammate, like it like hit him in the shoulder. So it was no big deal. But then, then like, I feel like an asshole. So I go and apologize to him after the game. Like I'm still fuming because of like how, you know, upset I am, but I'm also the other part of me is like, Hey, like I have to go apologize now to a teammate (laughs) because something happened. Like that happens all the time where you freak out, but it like you're in the way of somebody or you accidentally throw something and it ricochets. So sometimes it's just better to, you know, hold that anger in, but it's really hard sometimes. But that's why some clubhouses don't have mirrors in the bathrooms by the dugout because people would break them so often that they were just like, we're not putting mirrors in here anymore. Smart, smart. By the way, did Nicky appreciate your apology or was he pissed at you? Yeah, he was definitely mad at me. Like as it happened, but uh, oh, the umpires just got here. Um, just watched them walk into the stadium, so that's cool. Uh, but yeah, he was uh, he was cool about it. He was definitely mad at me, but we, you know, we worked through it. I want to see who the umpiring crew is. See, it's uh, it's Ramon, Brian, Alfonso, and uh, I forgot who the other one is. Alfonso Marquez. Yes, he's behind the plate today. Yeah. Oh, he's a good dude. I think yeah, guys nice guy. like him. Yeah, he's good. You have a good relationship with the umps, don't you? You have to at first. Yeah, I talk to him all the time at first. Yeah. Um, and I'm not a massive complainer either. Like, there's very few moments where you'll see me really complain. So I think umpires like that. Maybe I'm going to push over a little bit. Um, I, right. I don't really get on them all that much. Yeah. I want to see who the last guy is. Hold on. I'm pulling up the, uh, the box score from last night. See if we can get this before Can't. we go. I know. I can't remember who it was. He was. It was a second base guy from last night. Oh Christ! I can't. I can't find it. Ah, god dang it! Doesn't have it on this one. Ah, hate it when that happens. I can get off my phone, but then I'm going to lose everybody in the app audience. That's all right. It's not that important. I guess. I mean, it's important to that person's family, but yeah, maybe not to us today. All right. Yeah. Sorry, Vincenzo. You crushed it again, man. Wait, can you ask me? Can you ask me the hot dog question? There's a hot dog question. Can you ask it to me? Oh yeah, let's do it. You wanted that one. Yeah. Um, the White Sox at their stadium are shaming people for putting ketchup on their Chicago-style dog because they're going to ring a bell of shame if that happens. Is that justified or not? It's only justified if they do it if a person orders a Chicago-style dog. If they just order a hot dog then in that certain scenario, screw the person who came up with that because that's BS. You don't make fun of what people eat because like I like ketchup on my hot dogs and mustard. Don't like relish, but I like ketchup and mustard. I like the sweet and the sour taste. I don't know. It's just I like it. So don't shame me for paying you as I come into your ballpark. I think that's BS. Don't like it. Don't like it one bit. but the um, sign says no ketchup on Chicago dogs. So you're okay. Well, then with that's fine. People, they're, why? Yeah, why I'm okay that? because they're putting it out there. If you order a Chicago dog, you're going to get shamed if you put ketchup on it. When we clearly say 
we're going to shame you if we put if you put ketchup on it. I, like they're making it very what's... clear. They're making it very clear. If you order the Chicago dog and you put ketchup on it, we will shame you. That seems unfair. It's unfair if a person orders a normal hot dog and they put ketchup or I keep forgetting it. Ketchup, ketchup. Yeah. Um, If you order a normal dog and put ketchup on it, that's fair game. But if you order the Chicago style dog and put ketchup on it, that's on you. You knew the rules. Okay. I'm just going to leave it with this. If Patrick Mahomes orders a Chicago style dog and gets ketchup on it, because we know how much he loves, then ketchup. he's going to get the bell of shame. Oh my god! You're because he ordered the Chicago style dog. Just order a normal hot dog and put your own toppings on it. I, I we have to wrap up this show because I don't think we can. I can't handle this controversy much longer. This will. I don't think you should make fun of people for what they eat. But if I put up a poster that says, "Here, you can get a Chicago style dog here," however, if you order this dog and you put ketchup on it, I'm shaming you. I think that's fair game because I'm explaining the rules to you. You're choosing to get the ketchup. I think you're being mean. That's but fine. You know Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> but you're a nice guy for filling in for Trevor Plouffe, who we believe will be back tomorrow on tomorrow's show. But you know, you know this. You have an open invitation, and uh, Plouffe's got a few days in August where I'm gonna I'm gonna be calling on you. Okay, I'll be here. I got nothing to do. Hey, please thank Sam for letting us use his office today. I this, will. This yeah, was he was just of- standing outside, but and then he walked away. Yeah, I mean, obviously not interested in the show. Tell them it'll be up on YouTube in a few hours, okay? I will. Or in the yeah, podcast. Awesome, awesome. So for the amazingly talented Vinny Pasquantino and our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke, I am Chris Rose. We will see you Friday on Baseball Today.